What is going on, everyone? This is Zach back here with another episode of Clutch Crew Sports. And here in today's episode, we are doing our annual Super Bowl blowout show. So we are going to be uh, talking about both the Bengals and the Rams, giving our opinions on who we think will win the game. This show is a lot of fun. Uh, and then after talking about the game, we'll lighten things up a bit and talk about some prop bets. So it's going to be a fun episode in store for you guys. Super Super Bowl Sunday this week. I'm very excited for it. And now let me introduce you to the rest of the crew. And what is going on, guys? It is Connor, the co-host with the most. And gotta say, I'm a bit disappointed that this year I can't just relax and watch the Super Bowl and not really care who wins. Because uh, I was hoping it was going to end up being Chiefs and Rams when I could just kind of kick back and be okay with whoever won. But unfortunately for me, the Cincinnati bungles are in the Super Bowl. And so, you know, now I got to go back into my serious mode of watching the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, I actually have a rooting interest in this game. So, but nonetheless, I'm excited for it. It's always, you know, the game of the year. So uh, my dad always likes to, you know, cook up a lot of food like wings and stuff every year for the Super Bowl. So uh, should be a good time. I'm excited. Go Rams. <laughs> And what's up, guys? Nate here. After watching that uh, quote-unquote game yesterday at the Pro Bowl, I'm excited to talk, <laughs> talk about some real football, and um, it should be, um, you know, pretty cool matchup uh, this Sunday for the Super Bowl. So looking forward to getting into all the different uh, stories going on there. Nate, are you telling me you don't like the two-hand touch uh, football game? And the football <laughs> game? Okay, was, I will, it, I'll just say this. I, I did watch part of it. I didn't watch the whole thing, but man, it's, I, I guess that's what we should expect from now on, but it's still a little shocking that they like, just make it flag football. Like that'd be more fun. Yeah. Also, that, yeah, that was the thing. I didn't, I didn't really watch anything. I just pulled up some of the highlights and I was like, man, like I know they're like, you know, they're putting some effort. Like I know the defensive linemen are trying to get sacks, but like whenever someone would make a catch, it's like rather than going for a tackle, they would just kind of like guide them towards the sideline. So that way they just go out of bounds rather than tackling them. And I'm like, man, at least at the NHL All-Star game, they at least look like they're trying somewhat. Like, yeah, no one's going to go for like monster hits or anything. But like, you know, at least this is more of a game. There's at least a million. There's a million bucks on the line. So yeah. I don't know. I was just like, definitely, in my opinion, like this, you know, hardly any of these all-star games are ever like worth watching i mean like i think the nhl one's fine but like and at least like for the mlb they have a uh, home field advantage in the world series on the line so that actually means something but like man i just can't get behind watching the pro bowl or watching like the nba all-star game because there is just like zero defense going on in those games yeah and it's it's one of those things too it seems like there's the skills competitions and stuff are more entertaining. Oh yeah. Watch. I, I watched the skills competition. I got to say, Stefan Diggs got totally robbed on like the good catch, uh, <laughs> contest because he made some ridiculous, like one handed catch and the judges gave him like a low score for that. I was like, uh, and then all like Tyreek Hill did was like kind of recreate the helmet catch. And they gave him like perfect scores on that. I was like, uh, that thing that Stefan Diggs did was way more impressive than that. Like, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, of course, that's on like a Thursday night for some reason. So it's not like it's yeah. not spotlight like the, the game is supposed to be. But still, <laughs> probably, you know, football is king in America. I, I guarantee you 
it probably got as many views as like the NBA finals did. That's how crazy uh, people are obsessed about football right now. <laughs> um, but let's go ahead and move on and uh, start the conversation with some losers. So we would have done this last losers. <laughs> had we recorded, I know it's the Super Bowl, uh, and we're going to be talking about those teams, but uh, just a couple weeks ago, we had two losing teams in the conference championship games, the 49ers and the chiefs. And we kind of wanted to talk about some, you know, storylines in the off season, so to say with those teams. So I'll go ahead and start the topic about the 49ers. Um, obviously the big off season question, same as last year, what's going to happen with Jimmy G, you know, is Trey Lance ready? Um, I'll ask you, Connor, is there, any is there any circumstance do you think that would prevent Trey Lance from being the starter next year? Uh, is there any way Jimmy G comes back, or is it you know a done deal that he gets traded? And then do you think the 49ers will have as much success with Trey as they did with Jimmy, at least starting out the gates? Yeah, I mean, I don't see any reason why Trey Lance doesn't start. I mean, they gave up a lot just to get him. Um, you know, and it's one of those things that I guess in their minds, they were hoping that maybe he could be more of a project, like maybe Jimmy G could hold down the fort. But, you know, I'd been saying it all playoffs that the thing that would ultimately bring them down was Jimmy Garoppolo. And he pretty much was the reason why they couldn't get it done. Um, they were kind of just squeaking by through all those games on the backs of, you know, their special teams and their defense, um, like especially their special teams against the the Packers was what won them that game. So I th- I'm f- thinking for sure Trey Lance starts. You don't spend a number three overall pick on a quarterback and, you know, let him sit for two full seasons. So he starts, I think, day one. I think it is a done deal that Jimmy Garoppolo gets traded. Um, you know, I just don't see any reason why the Niners can hold on to him, because obviously if he does stay, then there's going to be another quarterback controversy. And, you know, it's just going to cause more problems for them down the line. They need to get Trey Lance in and get him game experience. Um, what they're going to get for Jimmy G, I don't know. You know, I'm sure there's a couple teams out there. I know he's been linked with them making a trade with the Steelers as one potential place, considering that Pittsburgh doesn't have a quarterback. Um, and of course there's, you know, other teams are always going to be, you know, around the draft looking for quarterbacks, teams like like Carolina needs a quarterback and, um, a few other teams and Denver looks like they need a quarterback. So who knows who, where he could go, but I do think he gets traded as for how successful they're going to be. Um, I mean, if Trey Lance can just come in, he really just needs to be, I mean, I've said this about Jimmy Garoppolo and the problem for him is that he didn't really do it is that you just need to be a game manager with that team for the most part. Like you don't have to do anything spectacular. Obviously Trey Lance adds, another dimension to their running game. Um, You know, being that he's a mobile quarterback, he's kind of like a poor man's Lamar Jackson in a way. Um, So, you know, he can add another dynamic to that offense with, you know, Eli Mitchell and Debo Samuel and all the creative stuff they like to do. Um, But, you know, their defense isn't going anywhere. So I do think, still think they can have some success. I don't see another deep playoff run in their future. I think this was kind of one of those sort of, I don't know if I want to call it fluky, but just kind of like a Cinderella sort of year for the, uh, a team going to the NFC championship. And, you know, it, it came to an end probably when it should have ended. Um, so I don't, I think they could still probably make it back to the playoffs, but I foresee if they do probably just a first round exit. Um, but yeah, I think Trey Lance starts day one. 
All right, and then let's talk about the AFC loser now, the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, four straight uh, conference championship games for them now. And, Nate, I want to ask you this. Is this – losing this game here, is this fuel to the fire for this team to, to reach the, this position again next year and win the game? Or do you think this is a sign of things to come, like, it seems like the Bills have lost, you know, two years in a row now to the Chiefs, but the Bengals, they've beaten them twice this season now. Um, there's other up-and-coming AFC teams. You know, obviously the AFC is stacked with talent. Do you think it's a, you know, lock for sure bet that the Chiefs end up back here? Or do you think this is maybe the start of, you know, still being a very good team, but not necessarily like penciled in, everybody's picking them to the Super Bowl sort of thing? Yeah, I would say it's definitely not a lot for them to get back um, next year. So I think you look at um, the way they looked at the beginning of the season, the first, you know, several weeks, they there's really a lot of questions about them. And they had some um, tough matchups, but they looked very up and down. And they went and got in that huge uh, win streak uh, in the middle towards the end of the season. And then um, they had those uh, big moments in the playoffs. But... Yeah, I think there's just so much going on uh, in the AFC right now. I think the Bills are right there talent-wise. I think they could easily, I mean, they easily should have beaten them this year. Um, they can definitely do it next year with that roster they have. Um, the Titans, um, you know, you got to figure out that quarterback situation, but um, they've got a really solid roster. There's, you know, there's a lot of competition, even in their own division with the Chargers are, are starting to come on with Justin Herbert. So I think... That's gonna make it hard um, to get back to the AFC Championship game next year. I definitely want um, be penciling them in, and I do think it could be a sign of things to come. I mean, I think that they they have a great roster right now, but it's one of those things where it's like, how long can you uh, keep the whole uh, gang together? There, it's these guys are gonna start becoming free agents, not necessarily this off season, but um, you know after next year and in the future. And um, guys like Travis Kelsey, he's you know. He's still playing amazing, but um, some of those guys are going to start getting older and maybe one of different teams and not being their old selves. So I think the the title window for Kansas City is definitely starting to become more finite. I mean, obviously Patrick Mahomes is amazing and he's going to be amazing for a while, but I think um, this current roster, um, you know, I think there's definitely a time limit on how long they can um, compete to be the top team in the AFC, I would say. All right, good stuff there, guys, for the 49ers and the Chiefs. And let's go ahead now and transition to the current Super Bowl matchup, obviously, between the Rams and the Bengals. Uh, Second year, a home team is hosting the Super Bowl, which, you know, we went forever without that happening. Last year, Tampa had the Super Bowl, and we're in the Super Bowl this year. It's Rams in L.A. If it was Rams and Chargers, that would just be insane. but. (laughs) <laughs> it's Rams and Bengals here and as tradition uh, for the Super Bowl blowout show what we like to do is you know we all make our picks on who we think will win the game and then uh, the people who pick a certain team will create a slide with all sorts of pictures and stats and reasons why they think they're the team that they pick will win the game the other person will do the same thing for the other team playing in the Super Bowl. 
and then we'll kind of go back and forth um, on how all these reasons and, and stats and you know characters and stuff. And so we will start things off now. Connor and Nate have both taken the Rams. I've taken the Bengals, and so I'll hand the the mic over to Connor and Nate to say all the reasons why the LA Rams <laughs> Super Bowl champions. Los Angeles Rams. Well, I will say very quickly back to the Chiefs. My dad was happy that the Chiefs didn't make the Super Bowl because my dad was starting to get nervous that the Chiefs might uh, tie that record that the Bills have of going to four straight Super Bowls. So, you know, <clears throat> that's the, your, the record is safe for now. Um, but anyway, to on to the winners, the Los Angeles Rams. Now, I'm picking the Rams to win the Super Bowl, not just because I want them to beat the Bengals. I want them to beat the Bengals so bad. Um, I'm going to cry probably if the Bengals win the Super Bowl because he, it's just like they've always kind of been them in, the, in Cleveland, even though they've had good teams. Well, Cleveland has had not good teams, but the Bengals, you know, they've kind of been the perennial losers in the AFC North for so long. Like they're that squad that they'll put out a good team, but then they just don't ever go anywhere with it. They just end up losing in the first round of the playoffs. And, you know, I was kind of sad that they finally were able to break the, uh, record i don't know if you call it a record but like you know the whole idea that the, it had been so long since the Bengals had won a playoff game that you couldn't text someone that the Bengals had won a playoff game because texting had not been invented the last time they had won a playoff game so um, i'm sad that that ended unfortunately but uh they are here but i'm going to give it to the la rams the first and foremost with the la rams you have to talk about matthew stafford obviously you know, they sold out to get him, giving up another first round pick. The Rams don't have a first round pick until 2024. Um, but Matthew Stafford, he is the leader of this team. He's been fairly decent this year. Um, obviously, he has thrown a fair number of interceptions. Um, I think he's got 18 on the year or something like that to go with 41, 42 touchdowns. Um, seems like he's really started to, you know, get better and get back in his groove later in this in the season. Um, you know, he's obviously, in my opinion, I think he's an elite quarterback. He just never played on a good team. You know, the Detroit lions were the Detroit lions. So, and they never put anything around him. Like the only thing he ever had in his whole career in Detroit was Calvin Johnson. And then as soon as Calvin Johnson was gone, he was back to having nothing again. So now he's here on this team. He's built an amazing connection with Cooper cup, you know, Odell Beckham. He's starting to get more comfortable with Odell Beckham jr. You know, he he likes to throw it to Van Jefferson every now and then. And I think Matthew Stafford, when I put him and Joe Burrow next to each other, like they're very good quarterbacks. And I think they're equal in a lot of ways. But Matthew Stafford just has that veteran veteran experience and the experience and knowledge that I think gives him the edge over Joe Burrow, especially in this situation, even though he's never actually been to the Super Bowl. He's you know, he's not going to get rattled by this. He's going to treat this like any other game. He's going to be able to hunker down. He's going to be able to make the throws he needs to make. And he's not going to make the mistakes that I think potentially could happen to Joe Burrow. You know, Joe Burrow's obviously played in a national championship, but that's child's play compared to the Super Bowl. Um, the national championship is nothing compared to the NFL. So this is the big leagues. This is the big time. And I think Matthew Stafford's ready to step up. And he's more motivated than ever. You know, Joe Burrow, he's got a lot of time left in his career to, you know, get more AFC championships and get more chances at the Super Bowl. Matthew Stafford, he's running out of time. He's well into his 30s and, 
you know, if he doesn't get a Super Bowl here this year or possibly, you know, maybe next year the Rams have a chance. But, you know, his window is going to be closed here very shortly. So Matthew Stafford is definitely the key for me to this game. And speaking of, you know, you can't talk about Matthew Stafford without talking about Cooper Cup. You know, Cooper Cup, he became the first receiver since 2005 and the only the fourth receiver since 1970 to win the triple crown of receiving, which is leading the league in receptions, receiving yards, and receiving touchdowns. I mean, it's too bad that I couldn't get to the fantasy playoffs in the family league because I had him in that league, and dude was just a monster. Um, I I still somehow struggled to see in that family league that I had Cooper Cup and Jonathan Taylor, and I somehow missed the playoffs in that league. I'm kind of scratching my head on that one a little bit. Um, so that kind of sucks, but, um, Cooper cup, obviously him and Stafford have that great connection. Um, you know, he made a couple of good throws to Cooper cup at the end of the bucks game to get them into field goal range. Um, you know, they, it's like, it seems like no one can cover him this year. I don't think the Bengals have a corner that can cover him. I mean, their number one guy is supposed to be Mike Hilton, but I don't see him being able to cover Cooper cup. Cooper cup's just too big and too physical and too talented, Um, So I see a lot of double teams coming his way, which for me is going to open up a lot more for these, uh, you know, some of their other weapons on offense. uh, Talking about Odell Beckham Jr. I said that Matthew Stafford's really been getting a connection with him. You know, he's still really talented. I've always thought he was super overrated, um, but even though he may be overrated, he is still very talented. And when there's a lot of double teams coming Cooper Cup's way, then I think that Odell's going to be the one to get it done. The other thing for the Rams that's really been ramping up in this playoffs, too, is the run game. Cam Akers has been outstanding uh, in the running game in these playoffs. The offensive line has been doing well for him. You know, there was a lot of questions for him about whether he was going to be able to come back healthy. You know, the Rams had been riding with Sony Michelle. Daryl Henderson had been hurt a lot. But Cam Akers has really come back and shown up in a big way. So this offense, to me, is going to be really, really hard to stop for the Cincinnati Bengals defense. Um, you know, it's it's two amazing offenses going against each other. It's going to be a shootout in my mind. Um, but to me, the Rams offense has the edge because they I think they can do it everywhere, whereas I think the Bengals are a little bit more thin at the receiving core than the Rams are. Like, I trust Cooper Cup, Odell, and Van Jefferson more than I trust Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Um, so... And also when it comes to the running game, I know I'd I, I have to give the edge in the running game to the Bengals probably with Mixon, but I think Stafford and the passing game uh, gives the Rams offense the edge here. The other thing about the Rams is that, you know, both of these teams are obviously hot. You know, the Rams went through a pretty atrocious three-game losing streak in the middle of the season. and But since that three-game losing streak ended, they've only lost one time, and that was in an overtime loss to San Francisco at the end of the year. So, you know, despite all the, you know, talks about, oh, the Rams are not as good as we think. And, you know, Stafford's not as good as we think. The turnovers are costing them. Like, they've still been winning despite all that. So, you know, and sometimes that's just what you have to do to be a championship team. You just have to find a way to win. And the Rams are finding ways to win. And I think a lot of that contributes to their coaching with Sean McVay. That's why I have a picture of Sean McVay here. I think for sure in this matchup of coaches, Sean McVay is the better coach than Zach Taylor. You know, again, he's been here before he, you know, has the big stage experience. Zach Taylor, I commend a lot of what he's done 
bringing the Bengals team where he's at. Like he's probably going to be coach of the year this season, but I just think Sean McVay is going to be able to outcoach him in this game. And Sean McVay, like he knows the mistakes that they made the last time they were in this situation, and he's not going to make those mistakes again. So that's most of what I have about the offense for for now uh, with the Los Angeles Rams. But I'll let Nate talk a little bit. So I've got some pictures of some defensive guys here. So I'll let Nate speak to uh, why this Rams defense and how they're going to be dominant in this game. Yeah, so that um, is really the main reason why I'm picking the Rams here is obviously, like um, Connor just talked about, their offense it has, you know, crazy talent on it. They've been amazing, you know, for most of the year. Um, but I think the Bengals have a very solid offense, too, and they can put up points, you know, like we saw versus uh, Kansas City in some of these games. They can put up points with anybody. I think the biggest thing that's going to um, be the difference in this game is which team has a better defense, and I believe that is – uh, the Rams by a pretty um, solid margin there. I mean, just guys up front, like obviously Aaron Donald and uh, Von Miller. It's just, it's hard for any team to um, slow those guys down for a full 60 minutes. We saw it with the um, the Bucks. They probably would have won that game in the divisional round if it wasn't for um, all that pressure that Brady was under. And granted, they had um, some O-line struggles. They had some guys uh, out due to injury and all that, but um it just shows that even you know the greatest quarterback of all time with all those weapons they were even limited um as to what they could do offensively um versus that front seven so i think that's going to be the biggest key here especially with um the Bengals haven't had um an amazing you know performance from their o-line really at any point this season um uh, joe was under pressure last week versus the chiefs and they the chiefs have a solid front seven but it's nowhere in my opinion near what um, the Rams are putting out there. So I think that's going to be the biggest thing is that they can show up and be their usual selves up front and kind of um, have their way with this um, Bengals O-line. I think it's going to be a long day for uh, Burrow. As much as I like that team, that offense, I think um, that's the biggest thing. Plus, you know, secondary, um, we'll see if um, uh, Ramsey and those guys can show up too. Um, it's going to be a big, obviously big order versus Jamar uh, Chase and uh, T. Higgins out there. So I think Ramsey has to really um, show up. And we've seen in the past, when he, especially when he was on the Jags, um, he'd lock down uh, DeAndre Hopkins most of the time when they would meet up. Um, in the past, he's done really well against um, true like number ones like that. So I think that's going to be a big key as well, um, is you know not allowing any big plays out of those guys, um, not you know getting burnt in the red zone and giving up uh, fades and things like that. So, yeah, I think, I think for me, the biggest key there is defense. And if they play like they have all year, I think it's going to be uh, the Rams game. So, yeah, for sure. I mean, I know, like you said, with the front and the Rams, they know how to get sacks. Um, you know, I know some of these charts are a little small here, but, um, you know, the Rams did have 50 sacks on the year. That was third in the league behind only the Vikings. And of course, must Steelers leading the league in sacks for the fifth year in a row now, something like that. Um, I think I, it's funny going off topic here a little bit with the Steelers leading the league in sacks. I remember like a couple of years ago, like on the first year of the podcast, when uh, uh, I got asked, like, if I thought the Steelers could lead the league in sacks again. And I was like, oh, you know, I think maybe they can, like, but I don't know. And since then, they've still led the league in sacks every year. So uh, that's kind of funny. But 
But yeah, so 50 sacks for the Rams. The Bengals also had quite a few sacks. Um, they have 43 on the year. So that was um, like, I don't know. I'm like looking at this picture right now, four or five, six, seven, eight, ninth in the league. So they're still top 10. But obviously the biggest difference here, uh, like Nate was mentioning with the Bengals, is their offensive line. And we saw this last year in the Super Bowl with the Bucks and the Chiefs where, you know, the Chiefs, their offensive line was banged up. And the Buccaneers with that elite pass rush with Jason Pierre-Paul and um, uh, why am I losing? Shaq Barrett and Vita Vea and Indomitian Sue, they just ate up Patrick Mahomes. And I foresee that happening again here with Vaughn Miller and Aaron Donald and Leonard Floyd being able to get to Joe Burrow. Um, the big stat that I have here is the Bengals gave up 55 sacks on the year, which is just insane. I mean, that was third in the league behind only the uh, Ravens and the bears, which the Ravens, honestly, like I can see that happening for them because the Ravens just like their quarterbacks like to run around a lot. So you kind of end up like taking yourself into sacks by doing that. But you know, with the Bengals 55, like that's just way too many to be giving up, especially when you're going against an elite front like this, whereas the Rams on the other side with their offensive line have only given up 31 on the year. So that's 22 less sacks that they've given up. So I feel pretty confident knowing that, you know, the guys on the Rams offensive line, they can keep Trey Hendrickson at bay. They can keep the the Bengals pass rushers at bay and be able to give Matthew Stafford the time he needs. Whereas I think Joe Burrow is going to be running around all the time. Now, the last few pictures that I have here, first of all, you may be thinking to yourself, why do I have a picture of Tom Brady and Julian Edelman and the Patriots celebrating a Super Bowl win? Um, well, obviously, that was the last time the Patriots won the Super Bowl was against the Rams. Uh, the Rams' last trip to the Super Bowl. And obviously, you know, to me, that just gives them extra motivation. Like I said before with McVay, they don't want to make the same mistakes they did in that game. You know, that game was obviously very winnable for throughout the entire time. You know, whenever a Super Bowl ends 13-3, to you know, you look back and be like, man, we could have won that game. They certainly could have won that game. So the Rams, I think, are going to be extra motivated to win this. Also, you know, even though... It's not, you know, a regular game. You know, it is going to be a SoFi stadium. So it, there's reason to believe that there will be more Rams fans there than Cincinnati Bengals fans. And obviously, of course, the Rams aren't known for having a big fan base. But one thing that I think will make the difference here is that along with the true Rams fans that end up going to this game, you know, there's a lot of rich people in L.A. that probably already bought tickets to this game just to go to it for the heck of it. And, of course, now that the Rams are going to be in it, you know, they're probably just going to go and root for the Rams. Like, they really probably didn't really care who was going to be in it. But now that the Rams are in it, they're going to be rooting for the Rams because, you know, the Super Bowl is not a game for diehard fans. It's a game for rich people. And there's a lot of rich folks in California that I'm sure are going to turn out to this game and root for the Rams. So um, I think that will be a good advantage for them. Also... You know, I have a picture of another Bengals player here. That's Ricardo Allen, who the only player on the Bengals to have Super Bowl experience is that man, Ricardo Allen. None of the rest of these Bengals players, no, you know, out of the other 52 guys on this roster, none of them have ever been to a Super Bowl, which I think is a little bit concerning for me, just knowing that, you know, teams, they, they play more jittery in the Super Bowl. It doesn't matter how good you have been all year. If you don't know what it's like to be on that stage and be there at that game, then it affects everybody. It affects anybody. Like I think Matthew Stafford will have that too, because he's never been there before. 
But the difference being that the Rams have a lot of guys that have been here before, like Aaron Donald, like Von Miller, like Cooper Cup, you know, these guys that were on the team, you know, just a few years ago who do know what it's like to be here. Or maybe, you know, like I said, guys like Von Miller who were on other teams that have been to the Super Bowl. You know, Von Miller, obviously a, a Super Bowl MVP in his past. So um, I think that's going to make a difference in this game. And the final thing for me about this, I guess it's more of just like a, not so much an advantage for the Rams, but more so just a, you know, kind of clearing up something, I guess. You know, the big thing for the Rams this year has been turnovers, 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 turnovers. Matthew Stafford throwing interceptions, you know, guys fumbling the ball, blah, 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 blah. To tell you the truth, going back and looking at the stats, the on the season, the Rams actually had... Now, this is just the regular season. Uh, I didn't look at the postseason because I think in the postseason, the Rams might be below Cincinnati on this. But at least over the course of the regular season, when everyone was using that as a reason why the Rams wouldn't make it far, they actually have a better turnover differential than the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, now it's not by much. It's only, you know, the Rams are a plus two and the Bengals are a straight zero. But, you know, there is still a difference there. And... It shows to the fact that even though the Rams, you know, they may commit quite a few turnovers, they know how to get turnovers as well, which is really important, especially in a game like this. You know, just any turnover, really, if you can win the turnover battle in the Super Bowl, that's going to go a long way. You know, if Aaron Donald's getting back, there, getting strip sacks. If Von Miller's getting strip sacks, if Jalen Ramsey is intercepting passes from Joe Burrow, it would go a long way to helping this Rams team and also take a little bit of the pressure off Matthew Stafford, knowing that, okay, my defense is playing well. My defense is doing what it needs to do. I don't need to try and make anything spectacular happen. You know, I can do some of these shorter passes to Cooper Cup. I can hand the ball off to Cam Akers. Like, not have to put it all on Matthew Stafford's shoulders, because if it does get all put on Matthew Stafford's shoulders, that's where, you know, honestly, for either of these quarterbacks, I think if it gets all put on their shoulders, I think they'll both fail. Honestly, like I I think they're all, they're both going to need help, but um, the Rams for sure with Stafford, the defense needs to step up and get those turnovers, which I know they're capable of doing. So um, those are my reasons for the Los Angeles Rams winning the Super Bowl, please. Please win the Super Bowl. I don't need the Bengals winning, um, but I, I'll turn it over to Zach now with the Bengals. And then, of course, you know, there might be some back and forth once he gets done. But Zach, take it away with the Cincinnati Bungles. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, yeah. So I'm obviously taking the Bengals here. And since I'm going to be doing this by myself, I'm just going to break this down to pro Bengals and then anti Rams talk as to why I think the Bengals will win. And there's a – Connor made a lot of good points for the Rams, but I think there's a couple things that uh, I would disagree with. One of them being, you know, the this Super Bowl experience thing and how, you know, concerning that is. While, yes, uh, you know, only that one random Bengals guy has been to the Super Bowl before – um, you know, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase both won a college national championship, which is not child's play to me. I mean, that's that's a significant deal. You play a well, whole college to me, season. it's it's child's play compared to the Super Bowl. That's what I said. I didn't say it was child's play on its own. I said it was child's play compared to the Super Bowl. OK, well, in, in competition wise, yeah, you have college versus NFL. But the stage is is, you know, comparable. This is a big, big stage that they're on. Um, you know, it's, you know, high pressure, as much pressure as you can possibly get in football without being in, the, in an NFL game. Um, so, and they had, you know, tremendous success in that game. They had no problem 
you know, that LSU team was obviously stacked and they made easy work of Clemson. Uh, but really when it comes down to the biggest reason why the Bengals are going to win, it's going to be Joe Burrow. To me, watching Burrow play, it's not even – he's not like Mahomes where he has like, you know, 400 yards and five touchdowns like he did in that Steelers playoff game. He's, he's never really going to do that. What he is going to do is he's going to be the guy that leads you on the game-winning drive when you need a touchdown or you need a field goal to win the game. He's the guy that you're going to want doing that. He's the guy on, you know, fourth and six to make the play that extends the drive. I, I just trust him far more in those situations than I would trust a Matthew Stafford. Um, I, I think he's never out of a game. You know, down 14-0 against KC in the regular season, ends up winning the game to clinch the division. You know, losing uh, to the Chiefs in the conference championship game by that big margin, comes back in the second half like no big deal. And the team really responds and rallies around him more than I've ever seen other than like a Tom Brady sort of guy. It's kind of crazy to me how he just, even with their kicker, you know, the kicker comes up to him and says, we're going to the AFC championship game again, you know, when they're playing the Titans before he makes that game winning kick. And these are not, you know, easy slam dunk kicks. They're like 50 yard field goals that this guy's making, but he Joe Burrow just gives a confidence to this whole team that it's like when they beat the Raiders, for example, you know, he wasn't celebrating or, you know, acting like, oh, my God, the 30 year streak is over. He was like, you know, we'll be happy when we win the Super Bowl. And that sort of thing is what happened last year to Brady's Bucks. It was very similar how, how you know, the Buccaneers as a team might have been, you know, happy to be here. Or, you know, just like overachieving what they thought was possible. Their quarterback wasn't content with anything other than a Super Bowl win. And I think Burrow is exactly like that. He he's the guy that that you would want if you're picking, you know, your your future quarterback here. Uh on offense, you know, it's it's obvious the weapons they have, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd. That is a trio that people were talking about in the regular season that was even more lethal than Kansas City's trio. And, you know, these are underappreciated guys. Jamar Chase, he makes the highlight plays where he, you know, with his lightning speed, he just gets the ball and outruns everybody. But don't count out Boyd and Higgins. You know, Boyd has been here for a while now, and he brings a leadership element to this wide receiver room the elder statesman so to say but he's quietly had a good career i mean you know playing in cincinnati you don't really hear about him as much t higgins is another young receiver like chases but he also makes big plays at big moments um and it's really hard to stop all three that's the thing is you can have a ramsey covering one of these guys but the other two are going to have advantages in my opinion you throw in a cj uzoma who says he is not going to miss the biggest game of his life with his, you know, knee injury or whatever. Not sure on what his eventual status will be, but, you know, a guy like that. I've always been impressed with CJ Uzoma for several years now. I thought he was an underrated guy who's had bad luck with injuries. But Joe Mixon, I'm kind of meh on, but, you know, 
know, the in recent trends uh, show that you don't need an elite running back to win the Super Bowl. You don't need a oftentimes the best running backs don't win the Super Bowl. You know, Derrick Henry, Jonathan Taylor, Kamara, those sort of guys. They, they don't, you know, obviously win the Super Bowl. Last year you saw Kansas City's group. You just have to have a guy that gets hot. Um, let's see. On defense, um, this Bengals team, I think, once again, it's the underappreciated stars on the Bengals. You know, the, this is such a different team than the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams have all these big names, Pro Bowls, all pros, you know, all these first-round draft pick trades for but the Bengals just have, I think, a quiet, underappreciated group of really, really good players that rival the Rams players as well. You just don't hear about them as much. Trey Hendrickson, you know, I was definitely wrong about him as a free agent. I thought the Bengals way over spent for him. They should have uh, kept their other guy. But he's been a huge success for this team, making big plays at big times. You have a guy like Mike Hilton who continues to impress. I mean, some of the ball skills that he has are ridiculous. I, I'm just a huge fan of Mike Hilton as a corner. I think he'll I think he'll fare well against Cooper Cup, as crazy as that sounds. I think, you know, he is gonna be a good guy in the secondary. And then they have just, you know, other linebackers and stuff. Lou Anarumo is a big, big, you know, X factor, in my opinion here. He is the defensive coordinator for the Bengals. I think he's going to have a great day against Sean McVay. He's had, you know, he, he had success in the second half against Mahomes. It's, he got that defense, you know, he made the adjustments in the first half. You, the chiefs, you know, scored a touchdown on pretty much every drive. Uh, second half, they only scored one touchdown and, or one field goal, and Lou had a big reason to do with that. I mean, this this is a team defense. This is not just one or two stars out there. This is a total team defense. They get big takeaways at big times. Those first two playoff games had key interceptions against Tanny Hill and Derek Carr at the end of the game. Those were key interceptions, and that's the thing, too. This Bengals team makes key plays at the money time. I mean, when you need a 50-yard field goal, McPherson's got you. When you need a interception, the defense has got you. When you need a fourth down conversion, Burrow's legs will get it for you. It's just a trend I've noticed with this team. And I, you know, I did pick the Titans to beat them, but I've just been impressed with with this team all playoffs long. Uh, now I'll just get into the anti Rams talk uh, to move it along. I think a big thing that's kind of people may not be thinking about. Kevin O'Connell, the offensive coordinator for the Rams. Granted, he's not the play caller. He's not the most important offensive coordinator in the world, but he's still an OC. I mean, he's still, you know, a major coach uh, for the Rams. He's, you know, already been hired by the Vikings. So where is his head truly at? You know, is he really, obviously he's worried about this game, but he's not dedicating as much focus to this game when he's got to figure out what's my staff in Minnesota going to look like. He's probably calling guys right now trying to figure out who does he want to have come with, join him with the Vikings. I mean, and this could be a trickle down effect. He could be talking to the quarterbacks coach on this team who might be his offensive coordinator. There's other you know people on the defensive side of the ball. It's just, I think 
a big, big thing when you have an offensive coordinator already taking a job for another team, it's going to have some distraction among the coaching staff here. So while I give the edge to McVay, I say it's a push when you have this, you know, come up for the team. Um, Ramsey and Beckham, two, you know, big name type of guys for the Rams. This is, I think, there's going to be a diva moment. I'm just calling it right now. These two guys, I don't know who it'll be. My guess is probably Ramsey, but one of them is going to have an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty here. One of them is going to lose their cool. You see it with Ramsey a lot where he blames his own teammates for certain things. The guy's ultra talented, but in a key game like this, I'm not sure if I want someone with a loose cannon like Ramsey or Beckham to be on my team. I don't know. It's just, doesn't give me a good good feeling. You saw the Chiefs commit a ton of penalties in the Super Bowl last year. That was a big reason the Bucks won. I think the Rams, you could get a situation where Ramsey gets, you know, some penalties or Beckham gets a holding penalty, something like that. And things just, you know, it's just a thing that happens for him. But uh going on, Matthew Stafford. His interception streak, I think, is a problem. Uh, They've thrown interceptions in the playoffs. They've survived. But the thing is, this Bengals team is great at getting turnovers. It's what's helped them win games. Like I said, in key moments, they've been getting turnovers. And they have a plus-five margin in the playoffs in in turnover differential. So just in these three games, plus-five is pretty good. The Rams, they're they're a team that fumbles the ball. I mean, uh, that's the big knock on Cam Akers is he's the most likely guy, if you look at the betting odds, who's going to fumble the ball. You know, if you want to bet the favorite, it's it's going to be Cam Akers. The guy just is a great running back, but for whatever reason, coughs the ball up. The Bengals are going to know that. Trust me, Lou is going to know that. Uh, the Bengals, they're going to be, I think, all over the football with Stafford, I don't see them dropping an interception. I really don't. I think people have clowned Eli Apple for a lot of his drops, but I think he's going to be ultra motivated not to mess it up this time. And I think he's going to, if he gets a ball thrown his way, I think he picks it off. Um, And then, so that'll finish my discussion about uh, anti-Rams. And then before I turn it back over and we can do a cross, you know, examination here. Uh, the Bengals fans, like Connor's talking about, that he knows the Rams fans aren't the most dedicated, loyal fan base. There definitely are Rams fans that are as passionate about their team as any other fan is. But this Bengals team, they travel well. They've traveled throughout the playoffs here. They, quote-unquote, took over Nashville um, in the Titans game. They, they had a heavy presence in Kansas City, as you can see in the picture here. I think... I think they're going to show up big. I mean, the tickets are supposed to be sold 50-50. I do think there will probably be more Rams fans in attendance, but I think the Bengals fans, you know, this is a hungry team. I mean, this is – you talk about Matthew Stafford being hungry. These fans have been waiting forever for a Super Bowl. So uh, the the Bengals fans, I think, are a very passionate fan base. They're going to show up and, you know, have big support for their team, even with it being a road game for them in L.A., um, and then lastly, I just want to talk about this nine to one arrow here on the board. You know, 
somehow the Bengals won a game against the Titans, allowing nine sacks. You know, their offensive line is a big weakness, but they turned it around against the Chiefs, only allowed one sack. I think that's the thing. This Bengals offensive line got called out so bad. They, they looked like such fools out there, and they really stepped it up a bit. And I think Burrow did a better job of avoiding some sacks. And this is the thing, too. <laughs> Burrow can survive on a bad offensive line. You know, he had the injury last year, and if they, he gets injured, it would be terrible for him. But I think he thrives with a moving pocket. I think he can get outside the pocket and see him on the run all the time making plays. He has great legs, hard guy to tackle, slippery. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a concern when you have a bad offensive line, but with a quarterback like him, I think it's less of a concern and the weapons too. I think the offensive line will play better, but even still, I think this team is poised, whereas like a Stafford, I think Stafford needs a good O-line. And, you know, I do like the Bengals' defensive line to get some pressure. So lots more I could talk about, but I, I know we're short for time here. So I'll go ahead and throw it to Connor <laughs> You guys want to talk about anything I say? Because I kind of talked about some things that you guys said. Well, most of my responses to you would probably be not as much about the pro Bengals stuff, but more towards like the anti Ram stuff. I mean, <clears throat> I guess my first like small comment is like with the fans thing. I try not to put like, you know, traveling fan bases and stuff like that too much with the Super Bowl because those ticket prices are outrageous. Like, the most diehard Bengals fan is not going to be able to get a ticket to the Super Bowl. Like, I hate to, I, I hate that's the way it is, but it's just the way it is. Like, I know my dad, the most diehard Buffalo Bills fan I know, like, he would have to, like, drop everything and take out a second mortgage and everything if he wanted to go see the Bills in the Super Bowl. So it's, it's a rich people uh, event, <laughs> unfortunately. So, you know, I do think it'll be 50 50 for fans, but, like, you're not going to have those diehard Bengal fans there because, Again, it's for rich people, but but anyway, back to like the other anti ram stuff. The whole thing with Kevin Connell getting a, another job, like I see where you're coming from with that, but I mean, this is the Super Bowl. Like he's not stupid enough to be thinking about, you know, oh, like what should I be doing in Minnesota? Like who do I want in Minnesota? Like no, he is a hundred percent focused on this game. This is the biggest moment of his life as an offensive coordinator, and you know they're gonna look back on this and be like, you know. Something else for him, you know, that will take I know this is kind of like ironic here, but a little bit. But, you know, what would help him attract better coaching candidates and better players would be for the Rams to win this, because if they win the Super Bowl, then they're gonna be like, man, like this guy now he's got a Super Bowl pedigree, like blah, blah, blah. So I don't buy the whole like he's focused on this and focused on that. And like, yeah, maybe there's like a small, tiny little distraction. But I in my mind, he is 100 percent focused on this Super Bowl. Um, you know, I think that, and also, you know, with the Ramsey and Beckham thing, I also, again, I see where you're coming from with like, you know, yeah, they're divas and everything. And, you know, maybe one of them will commit a stupid penalty, but I mean, we've seen divas be able to keep it in check in the Super Bowl before in a way, like Indomitian Sue managed to not do anything stupid in the Super Bowl last year. He's notorious for doing stupid things, you know, um, I can't think of another great example right now, but like, I think when it comes to the Super Bowl, in my experience watching it, you just don't see stupid unsportsmanlike conduct penalties. Like everyone knows what this stage is about and they don't commit, you know, 15 yarders. Like, you know, maybe you'll see like a face mask or something, but you're not going to see someone like throwing hands or, you know, taunting anyone in a stage like this. Like they know better. And also I will for the Rams as well. I know Beckham's not been there as long, but Ramsey's been there all year. And 
I don't know, maybe this is just about Sean McVay, but the Rams are one of the least penalized teams in the league. Like they're like second or third least penalized team in the league. So clearly something that Sean McVay is doing is keeping these players in check. So I don't buy that they're going to have a stupid, like a stupid unsportsmanlike conduct penalty because, you know, again, McVay knows how to keep his guys in line and they know the stage that they're on. So that's just my opinion about those things. Like I said, I think all your, I think all your pro Bengals things are, you know, I, I, I would agree with those as well, except just like a little bit, you know, on the other side, like I'd say the Rams are still better, but you know, it's all, all, all very valid points in my opinion. I don't know if Nate has anything to add uh, to the discussion. Nate's actually, he told me he's changed his pick now to the Bengals after listening to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I I don't mean that you guys pretty much cover everything. It's, it's definitely a tough one for me to pick. I like, I really like the Bengals. I think that, you know, it was awesome what they've done this year, but I just, I still just think that um, it's going to come down to what happens up front. I just don't think that the, the Bengals have the, um, the O-line and D-line to uh, make a difference versus the Rams, but we'll see. It should be a, a fun game though. Ball is one in the trenches. That is yep. a very true statement. I know still one of my favorite, uh, favorite quotes ever from the, old Tampa Bay Bucks coach when they were an expansion team, when they were on that losing streak, just, well, it's like, well, what happened out there, coach? Like, why'd you lose the game? Well, we didn't block anyone, but we made up for it by not tackling. That's what it all comes down to. <laughs> yeah, but you need to put that quote on your uh, intro slide next time. I mean, dude, you Maybe. love <laughs> I do. It's, one of, it's like one of my favorite things. I mean, because it really, especially like being that I've coached myself before, it's just like, yeah. it's, that is really all it comes down to. I mean, you can have the greatest superstar players and all the studs and all this other stuff. At the end of the day, blocking and tackling. If you can't do one of those two things, you're screwed. You might as well give yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Well, good talk here on the, the blowout section of, uh, you know, Bengals and Rams, and we'll see what happens. You know, the it's always interesting. Well, next week we'll do the uh, recap show and you know, talk about what went right, what went wrong for these teams. But uh, let's go ahead and talk about some prop bets here. We've divided this up into two sort of categories. We've got the in-game, you know, statistics, you know, the players and the game itself. And then we also have the off-the-field uh entertainment and you know non-game related stuff i didn't want to talk about like coin toss or gatorade that stuff is every year um well the bank well well, you know at least we have two teams that are that have colors of gatorade colors (laughs) yeah so you know so that way you know you would expect obviously if the Bengals win it's going to be orange if the rams win it's going to be blue so at least they match it not like i know when like the Steelers are in the Super Bowl. It's like, what are they going to dump? Like black Gatorade? Like there's no such thing. <laughs> I mean, I guess, I guess, I guess they dump yellow, but still. <laughs> yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll start with the in-game uh, prop bet. So currently, uh, I believe it started as Rams minus three. As of right now, it's Rams minus four and a half. So obviously, um you know who we're taking for the money lines, but for the spread, um, obviously I would take the four and a half points with the Bengals, but for you guys picking the Rams, would you go Bengals with the points or, or are you still picking the favorite with the Rams minus four and a half? I'd probably take the spread on this one. Honestly, 
Like I think I think this is going to be like I mean we've seen it all playoffs long that it's come down to yeah. like three points. So I'd actually probably take the spread on this one. I don't know about what would you pick, Nate? Yeah, I'm probably the same on this one. It's a little bit. I think it's gonna be really you know actually. I don't know. I, I think the Rams, I can see the Rams winning by more than four and a half, actually. I think if they win, it probably will be um, by more than that. All right. So, you know, yeah. also, there you go. You know, yeah. <laughs> don't have to pick the same. <laughs> um, now, the total, this is another popular, you know, betting choice. The total points for the game is set at 48 and a half. Um, I think, you know, the unders hit the last couple of years, but. Actually, I, I did see a stat that in all of Super Bowl history, like the over and under is basically about the same record. So it's not like for Super Bowls, it's always the over or always the under that hits. But 48 and a half, me personally, I'm going under on this one, actually. I think I think the defenses play pretty good on both sides of the ball. Um, I, I really do. So I'm going to go under. It's just in the Super Bowl, you'll always see – it's, it seems like it's the teams that, you know, don't mess up. They try not to mess up, you know, all the going for it on fourth downs and, you know, risky behavior in the games In the Super Bowl, it kind of stops a little bit. Teams are very scared. And I, I don't know. I just see it being a, a lower scoring game. What about you guys? To me, I think I just I with how good the I mean, I agree with you. The defense like, will play good, but these offenses are also really good. And I just think. I mean, you think about it, 50 points is just both teams scoring 25. So to me, I think I have to go over on this one because I don't see, like, if they score under 45, well, 48 and a half, you can't get a half point. But if they score under 49 points, then I would be pretty surprised, honestly, with, you know, the offenses that these teams have. Nate, what about you? Yeah, I'm I'm going to be the same. I think it's going to be over. Uh, I'll take the over on this one. All right, so two overs and an under, and then obviously the money line, you know, that's the straight winner. So we know who we're going with there. Um, uh, for the record, then, by the way, uh, for picking winners, Eric is also going with the Cincinnati Bengals. So he would have been on Zach's side had he been in this episode. Yeah, unfortunately, Eric's not here, but, you know, I would have had my man Eric to back me up with the talk. And I've never had Eric and I agree on a – on a Super Bowl thing, so it's too bad he can't be here to talk about that. But maybe next year the Jaguars will be in. We, you know, we both. Pipe dreams. Hold on, we're need, going to fantasy need, land there for a second. <laughs> need some comedy in this podcast, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't don't um, worry, it'll, it'll be Steelers and Jags in the AFC title game. I'm almost certain. <laughs> Hey, I'll take that matchup. Um, oh, yeah, that's that's better for the Jags than it is for us. Y'all seem to whoop us half the time, or yeah, more than half yeah. the time, so. We'll play in Pittsburgh, too. Um, all right. Uh, so let's go and talk about some, you know, player stats, and it's going to be over-unders on this. We'll do the two quarterbacks and then two wide receivers. Matthew Stafford, his over-under is set at 284 and a half. So that's an interesting number, 284 and a half. Um, guys, let's pick over or under on Matthew Stafford first. Uh, I'm going to do over on Stafford. I'm also I going think... over. <laughs> okay. Nate, are you going over or under? 
Oh. Nate, you there? All right. Well, uh, he's, he's muted. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I'm. I'm taking over. I have to. The slides are having an issue. I'm trying to. Oh, get right. I'll move your there. picture. I'll move your picture sure. for you. <laughs> all right. <laughs> so my thing on the over here, guys, is uh, I think Sean McVay. I think he's. I think he's going to want to show off Stafford. I think Stafford is going to get a lot of passing attempts. And I don't see this game being like the Rams get out to a big early lead and they just run the ball during the game. I think they're they're always going to be playing with their pass first sort of offense. So I, I think Stafford hits the over. For sure. All right. I mean, I mean, I mean, honestly, if you want to go to like for Burrow, I'm taking the over on Burrow too. Like, I think they're both gonna break 300. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> yeah, we'll go to Burrow next. Burrow's over under is a little bit less, two seventy six and a half. And yeah, I agree for sure. I, I'm more confident in Burrow actually hitting over than Stafford. Not only because it's you know like eight less yards or whatever, but um, I, I I just think the Bengals. The run game really hasn't been working the last couple weeks, so I think the Bengals are going to be, you know, throwing the ball a lot. Nate, do you agree on over for Burrow? Yeah, I think if the Bengals are going to win, he's going to have to probably go over 300 yards at least. Okay, yeah, definitely. Um, For receiving yards for Cooper Cup, his over-under is at 104.5. I'm going to go under on this one. What about you guys? I'm sticking with the over. You know Stafford's going to throw it to him at least like nine or ten times. So I feel like you get enough catches, you're eventually going to reach that margin. So, um, And I think it kind of goes with my same, like not being as confident and then being able to cover him. Um, So I'm going to go over with uh, Cooper Cup. Nate, you agree with that over there? Yeah, I think same same thing. He's such a big part of their offense. He's going to get his catches and yards and all that. Yeah, I'm I'm going under on this one. I just think the Bengals are going to be ultra aware of Cup. I think the other Rams receivers, I'd be more likely to pick the over on. I just think Cup will get his yards. I just don't see the Bengals giving up like a big explosive like seventy yard or 65 yard pass to cup, which if he gets that, he probably will, you know, break the over. I just don't see that happening. So to get 104 yards, you know, in a Super Bowl, it's hard to do, but, and I'm, I think under for cup, uh, Jamar chase, his over under is at 80 and a half, um, over under on this one, guys. I'm going with the over. It looks like you guys are both going under. So we we disagree on the receivers for sure. But yeah, I, I, just think, I mean, yeah, go yeah, ahead. Same thing. I mean, it's kind of the same thing like what Nate alluded to earlier, how Ramsey's been good against big time receivers. Like, you know, in the past, he's been able to keep Devontae Adams in check. So, like, I think he'll be able to keep Chase in check. And even if like, you know, they're going to be double teaming. Uh, so even if Ramsey like doesn't do all the work, like there'll be a safety over there. Like I, like I said, I think they'll double double team Cooper Cup, too. But I don't trust the Bengals secondary as much as I trust the Rams secondary. So that's why I'm taking the under here. I know 80, it was tough for me to do this because 80 and a half is a bit low. 
it's obviously like, you know, I think it's easy to take an under on a one a one oh four, but like on eighty and a half it's a bit more difficult. But I think Burrow's gonna get his three hundred yards throwing to like Uzama and Boyd and uh like Mixon out of the backfield rather than as much being Chase. Yeah, I uh the thing with Chase though, like you said, it's only eighty and a half and Chase is a big big home run type guy i mean he's he like tyree kill in get, a way yeah he's like tyree kill where he can explode for a catch and all of a sudden you're you know almost at 80 so that for that reason i think it's gonna be i think he either crushes 80 and he gets like 140 or something like that or i think he's gonna hit the under and just have like a pedestrian like 60 yards or something that's what i see happening for chase and and i'm not sure what it'll be but i, I like the odds with just getting 80 yards. Um, so let's go ahead now, guys, and talk about the very important halftime <laughs> show. <laughs> so um, there's a lot, you know, of prop beds going on for any parts of the, you know, non-game related stuff like we talked about. Every year there's, you know, different different sort of things you can bet on but toss gatorade i'm I'm pretty sure there's still a prop bet since this is indoors i'm pretty sure there's a prop bet that will the power go out you know kind of like it did in uh the superdome so i'm sure there's that as well (laughs) yeah it's um you can name up a hundred different prop bets for this game probably but with the halftime show as being as big as it is we you know wanted to focus our attention on that so there's a lot of artists this year performing at the halftime show it's not a traditional you know headliner with you know a few you know backup acts this is like a a big mashup of rap artists so who will perform first at the uh halftime show the odds are given at mary j blige at plus 150 kendrick lamar plus 225 snoop dogg at plus 325 Dr. Dre at plus 450 and Eminem at plus 500. So, you know, varying degrees of odds here. I'm not sure how they come up with who with the odds and stuff with this type of show, but give me Dr. Dre at plus 450. I think he was one of the, I think, first, you know, confirmed performers at this, I want to say. So since he, I, I think he was you know, first confirmed guy, I'm going to give Dr. Dre the edge. And plus four fifty odds. Um, what about you, Connor? With your, uh, give, I think you have a lot give, of you know knowledge on. These. Yeah, you know, give me the D O double G at plus three twenty five. Snoop Dogg. You know, he likes to be the center of attention. So, you know, I especially considering. I mean, Eminem's probably the. You know, it's hard to pick. I guess for me, since I'm not as knowledgeable, who's the most successful out of these artists? I would say Eminem's probably the most successful. So he'll. I do think he'll probably go last, which is why. He's got the plus 500, but I mean, like I said, it's Snoop Dogg. So I, I'm taking the D-O-double-G. Nate, what about you? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm having a hard time going against Snoop Dogg as well. <laughs> I just feel like with the whole, obviously most of these, um, most of them are from California, but he's obviously, you know, probably the most recognizable, um, you know, L.A. connection there. I feel like that would be a good way for them to start it off. And um, he also wouldn't have too many, like, I feel like, you know, songs that are relevant in 2022. So I feel like you kind of go first and then, you know, then move on to, you know, the actual uh, whatever music and all that. But I don't know. That's, 
That's my guess. All right, yeah. The, <laughs> we are going to be paying very close attention to see who wants to drop that. Um, so I, as I've just mentioned, these five artists here, will they all five collaborate together for a song? Yes is at plus 150, no minus 200. I'm going no on this one. I just think it's too many people for them all to collaborate on. I mean, I, I think there's definitely going to be collaborations among the five. But for all five to be on together for one song, I it's no for minus 200 for a reason. So that, I'm going no on that one. Do you guys agree? I'm going to take the yes on this one. I think hip hop lends itself well to having multiple a lot of people in a song. So I'm going to take the plus 150 on this one. Yeah, I feel like it depends what they consider collaborating on a song. So they just match up a bunch of things which I could totally see them doing. And I would say yes. But if they mean like, did they put together an original uh, thing for this? And I would go no. Although Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and Eminem all have, they've all have actual songs together. So I don't know, you know, how they're they're gonna, they're gonna work that out, but. All right. So we've been talking about Snoop Dogg a lot. Um, <laughs> there's a there's a big question on will he smoke on stage? Uh, no at minus two fifty. Yes at plus two hundred. So uh, the odds think he won't smoke on stage, and I agree with this. I mean, you know, this isn't a Snoop Dogg concert. You know, like. This is a halftime show for the Super Bowl, so it's a little bit different in that regard. Like we've seen, you know, it, these performers don't exactly do what they would do at their shows. I'm going to say no on this one. I just think I, I just don't see it happening, but I could be wrong on this. Uh, Connor, what about you? Yeah, I'm also going to go no for the reasons that you suggested. It's 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 the Super Bowl. There, I don't think they would allow him. I mean, like, sure, he can do whatever he wants, but you know, I I don't think so. <laughs> Yeah, I would go no as well. I mean, he's already gotten in trouble for <laughs> doing that kind of stuff at other, um, like basketball. I think it was like a Kansas basketball performance. So I, I would probably oh, yeah. go no here. <laughs> um, now let's go to Eminem here. Will any part of Eminem's performance be censored? We've got yes at minus one eighty, no at plus one thirty five. And there's, you know, just a, a little disclaimer here. Uh, the bet isn't about Eminem swearing. It's actually about it being censored. So if he drops an F-bomb and the censors miss it, that would not be a winning bet. The audio would have to be cut for the bet to be won. So that, you know, it's it, it's not like, oh, if he just swears, it's got to actually be censored by NBC. But I'm still saying yes on this one. I, I think the... You know, these people have to be ready to censor Eminem's lyrics. I mean, my God, his songs have a lot of swearing in them. So, yeah, uh, and I don't think I don't think he backs off either. I, you know, this isn't a little kid's birthday party here. So <laughs> I'm going to say yes to the minus 180. Connor, what about you? Yeah, I agree. Yes. OK. I'm going to take the. I'm gonna take the no here. I'm trying to think if there's any any uh, swears at the Super Bowl performance before, but I, I feel like this not gonna happen. All right, family family friendly performance from Eminem does Nate. So you don't think he swears at all? You don't think it's like he swears, but they censor miss it, 
you just think he's clean in his his speaking? I I don't I I feel like yeah I feel like probably keep it clean and um all that do the clean okay. versions I guess <laughs> <laughs> yeah the clean versions songs um you know now we'll get to the final question here how many songs will be played the over under set at eight and a half um and the pretty strong odds for the over at minus three hundred under plus two twenty I. Th- I'm going to go over, I think. I think last year there was like nine songs. The year before that was like 13. It seems like with all these artists, I mean, they each got to do at least one song, you would feel like. And then probably two of them do two songs. Maybe one of them there's a collaboration at least. So I, I think this easily hits the over, and that's why it's minus 300. But Connor, what are you, what are you feeling on this one? Yeah, I'll agree with you over, especially with hip hop. You can transition songs like super easily. So I agree over. Nate. Oh, Nate. yeah, I think I'm going to go. I'm going to take the over as well. I think they can fit a lot in there with the condensed versions. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, and the Super Bowl halftime show seems to be, you know, longer and longer each year, too. So it's like they'll have plenty of time to, to get the fans. Um, so yeah, that's going to wrap this episode up guys. Thanks for tuning in. Hopefully everybody has a great Super Bowl Sunday watching the game and, you know, make be good on all your prop bets and, uh, hopefully you don't lose too much money gambling, but (laughs) (laughs) until then guys, remember be clutch. Bye. See ya for Eric. Peace.